Thank you for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other good places you can find your podcasts, as well as on YouTube on the YouTube channel, The Subtext. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on Metacritic's top 100 list. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. So today we are going to be looking at Burnout 3 Takedown. Burnout 3 Takedown is number 70 on the Metacritic Top 100 list. It has a score of 94. It was released in 2004 for the PS2 and the Xbox. Uh, It was developed by Criterion and released by EA. So, guess best place to start the episode is, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Same old as it's been for the past... 10 weeks I suppose not really going out not doing much but it's uh it's all fine you know been playing a few games been playing some burnout been playing some other stuff it's, you know just passing time got yourself time. a new TV got myself a new TV that's dodgy and I might need to send back uh which is really good which my own fault for not reading the reviews before I made the purchase um off the back of a van was it yes off um off a gentleman I met down the pub uh <laughs> No, see a man about a dog but yeah he gave me a dog as well he gave me a, a German Shepherd and a TV it was a real deal but now he's not picking up the phone uh, I don't know what to do <laughs> nice nice yeah. what about you yeah fine just uh, ticking along it's my birthday tomorrow so that'll be fun just celebrating lockdown party. yeah nice uh, <laughs> nice big birthday as well so that's um and would you Big like to 30. reveal how old you're going to be tomorrow? Yes, 30 years old tomorrow. So um, this is going to be one for the books. 30 years of age celebrated on lockdown. <laughs> but yeah. I'll do something afterwards when it, when, uh, when everything dies down. Go sure, to it'll the be more. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> is that so your German shepherd in the do? zoo. All right. I, I, I've heard that. Oh, yeah. I'd be quite happy going to an aquarium for my 30th birthday. I've got a while yet, but, you know, maybe I'll go to an aquarium. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you let me know how that goes. Okay, no I'll problem. let you know how the zoo goes, and yeah. maybe we can take a trip to the safari together. Yeah, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so, Burnout 3 Takedown. Yeah. How did you find it? What um, are your initial thoughts? I didn't like it. <laughs> Like, I, um, I mean, I, because I, what we usually try to do with these episodes is we always try to complete the games, don't we? Um, or if not, get as far as we can. And all of the games so far I've completed, with the exception of GTA 4 for the first episode, um, and this one as well, I just, I just didn't enjoy it. Um, I'm not a huge I think fan. You did, Go on. Didn't complete Tony Hawk's 3 again, did you? Oh, true, yeah. Um, Funny story as well, which I uh, I told you about the other day. <laughs> I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 on the PS1 because I didn't have a copy on the PS2. Looked on my shelf the other day. There's a copy of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 on there. So um, I could have played it on the PS2, but I just didn't know that I had it. So Could have had a great time. Instead, you had a an dated, time. janky experience. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I've I just didn't really get on with this game. I didn't really click with it, and I I discussed it with you a bit over the past two, couple of weeks, 
Um, that not every game that we're going to play, we're going to, you know, vibe with. I suppose um, a good example being Grim Fandango. I, I enjoyed that more than you did, um, yeah. and I think it's probably vice versa here that you quite enjoyed playing this one, whereas I just, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I, no, <laughs> but yeah, it fair is enough. What it is what about you? Yeah, um, I would I would describe my feelings for it as I didn't love it but I really enjoyed playing it. I think, I was thinking about this before we started recording. We've played a lot of big games recently. We've played a lot of, um, we've played Red Dead. We've played last of uh, us, The Golden Last Eye. of Us, GoldenEye. MGS. And we're jumping straight into The Last of Us Part 2. And I think I'm getting a bit of fatigue with those bigger games. So it was nice yeah. to just have something which I could just... Switch off and play, I think, is probably what I needed at the moment. So I think that was beneficial for me, um, feeling a bit burned out, which which everyone does at times from playing bigger games. Um, it's just gaming fatigue. And um, hopefully I'll get past that soon because <laughs> we are still playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and I feel like I should be enjoying it more than I am. It's one of those games I said to you, perfect description of how I'm feeling about Red Dead Redemption 2 is... When I actually play it, I really enjoy it, but I just can't be bothered to turn it on. Yeah. But obviously, we'll talk about Red Dead 2 more in time. Um, so I want to I wanna start off by saying where we played these games. We often neglect to say this at the beginning of the episodes, and we end up dropping it in three quarters of the way through. So where did you play uh, Burnout 3 Takedown? Uh, I played it on my PS2. Um, I, I didn't think that I could play it on my PS3 because I don't think my PS3 is backwards compatible with PS2 discs. Um, no. So I had to fire up the old PS2 and play it on there, uh, which I think was a reason, one of the reasons why my experience with it was wasn't the best. Where did you? And how would it? you describe your experience technically playing on the PS2? I, th- I think this is where the main fall-down is because because of the time that we live in, we aren't really used to having to wait around with long load times etc etc and there's a lot of customization with games these days with this especially with um what what what's the mode called where you do uh, the crash crashes mode. so yeah it's called crash mode yeah crash mode um <laughs> like there you go simple um the mode where you do the crashes is called crash mode oh, so that's very creative of them good job <laughs> um uh, every, every time I'd do a crash, because obviously you, you have to kind of get it perfect, don't you? You need to hit the right spots to, you know, get the most points. And every time yeah. I wouldn't, I'd then be like, okay, I need to restart it. And then I'd have to press restart. It would go into a load time. I'd then get given the intro for the track again, which was a mini clip, which you could skip. And then there'd be another little load screen and then you play. And it just did my head in. Um, so I think a, a lot of my issues with this game is just because of the fact it's dated and I've become an impatient gamer. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it, it we, we, we tried to go into these very objectively and especially with the older games, some of them we've played, others we haven't and I had no experience with this game before. I've never played this until recently. So going into it now to a relatively, not old game, but, you know, it, it's it, it, it is where it is. It was very, I think I found it very difficult to go in with the the very kind of rational, like, review 
head on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's 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 that thing of a game that you've never played, placing yourself back sixteen years ago, trying to um, imagine what it would have been like then. Well, not easy. I, I can't remember what episode it was, but I've mentioned it before, um, where one of one of my friends, who's a listener of the podcast, um, James, we played through the Metal Gear Solid games together. And he, he'd never played any of them. And I said, okay, well, go and download MGS3, uh, MGS1 on your PS3 and play through it. But because he didn't have that nostalgia, because MGS1 came out in 98, didn't it? Like, yeah. That's an old game. And for someone to go into that, I mean, this was in 2015, this happened, or 2016. For someone to go into a game that old, and for me, I'm like, oh, it's really easy. You just got to do this, 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 and this. Whereas... People who've never played it before would say, well, this game doesn't look like it's aged that well. Like, the the mechanics are a little bit archaic. The graphics aren't great. And it can be difficult. And he struggled with it initially. And I think I've come across a similar thing here. Even though this game isn't as old as MGS1, it's a very similar... Like, because I have no experience, I have no nostalgia to drive me with this game, it's very much the case of, oh, this just feels like an old game that hasn't aged well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, what you don't have is the context. The context yeah. is everything, isn't it? I mean, the context of MGS1, playing it in 1998, where mechanics were different, where it, it expectations... Was like, it, was, it was revolutionary, wasn't it, when it came out, really? Yeah, it was It was the first game of that, that, that super spy stealth yeah. genre to actually kind of get it right. Obviously, we had games after that that did get it right. Um, I suppose it, you could say it's the first third-person game um of this of, of the stealth genre to get it right because mm. obviously you did have stealth first person games before then but not not third third person you had things yeah. like thief and um obviously you could say things like goldeneye uh they they did stealth all right yeah um, just came out you had games like siphon filter coming out after that and all yeah all, all so you had your third person stealth games and then you obviously had um not not, not too long afterwards you had splinter cell things yeah. like that hitting you had your hitman games as well they were yeah. third person stealth weird strange mashup games which i love mm. but um yeah so uh, context is everything um so just just how how was the game running on the ps2 did it did you notice any frame rate drops or anything like that slightly but I don't think that's the fault of the game. I've got an old PS2, um, so I, I can't say for sure because you know we're not Digital Foundry. We don't have the uh, you know the capacity to be able to say, ah, oh, you know the, the 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 frame rate dipped here or there or whatever. I'd say I'd, I'd go fifty fifty down the line. It holds up well as a PS2 game, but if you're playing it on a PS2, chances are your system will be old. I mean, I just before we started recording, I turned my PS2 on um, to get the disc out to put it back in its case so I can take it back downstairs to the shelf. And the the, the noise that my PS2 gives off is so loud. It's like an, an aircraft taking off. It's, it's ridiculous. So I think... Sounds like my PS3. Yeah, same as mine, actually. My PS3 is pretty loud as well. And I think I, I, I can only put it down to the game so much. I think a lot of my issues might also come from the fact that it's an oldish game, but also the fact that my PS2 is 7,020 years old. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an old PS2. That's it. <laughs> what, what, what did you play it on? So I played it on 
I played the Xbox version on the Xbox 360. So automatically you play the Xbox version and you're going to see some uh, incremental um, improvements over the PS2 version. Yeah. For example, um, the reflections on the cars. I've seen a video comparing them. The reflections on the cars look... They're actually really quite surprisingly good on the Xbox, um, whereas the PS2 has a simplified version of it where you can kind of get block shapes. Um, whereas you can see signs, you can see all sorts on the on the reflections of the cars on the Xbox version. Um, also, one of the things... Um, the frame rate, so both games do actually run at 60 frames per second. Um, there might be slight dips here and there on the PS2 version, but the the Xbox version, uh, when you when you you know when you unlock a car and you've got the camera zooming around the car, yeah. Um, the the PS2 version one runs at 30 frames there, whereas the Xbox version runs at 60 frames there. I mean, the Xbox was a decent amount more powerful than the PS2 so it makes sense that developers put that power to use in these games um and then you then you then you factor in the the, the fact that I was playing on the 360 which Upscales again yeah and also I think uh, it helps with load times I think it runs the disc better basically so yes. that extra clout of the 360 helps to run that original xbox disc better so i had a really good experience and when when you told me about your your loading time issues i was surprised because i i didn't really run into them i did you, you get them here and there but they they don't they, they literally last about two three seconds uh on that version so mm. it was just something that i never really ran into and i would say it ran really really smoothly i didn't really notice any drops anywhere um and it looked really nice. That was one thing that surprised me. It looked nice for an older game. It looked really detailed. The The backgrounds of the maps really spread quite far into the distance. And there's a lot of variety there. Um, so I was impressed with the game visually for a game that's 16 years old. It looked like it could have been maybe an early kind of 360 game, I suppose. Yeah. That was That was how nice it looked. Um, and just to, just to throw in a bit of that context for this game, this game was the third burnout game. Um, the previous burnout games were racing games where you fought the traffic, but the big addition in this game is in the title of the game, which is the takedown system, which you're still fighting against traffic, but this time you can ram, you can nudge other cars into the traffic. You can ram them into the sides of the track. And you get these really cool takedown moments where the camera zooms on the car as it's flipping and you see all the, the physics of the car and uh, the car breaking down and all the particle effects. Uh, it's really nice, quite a nice thing. And it was it was really revolutionary here and you don't really see it in games anymore. Um, so this was the big thing that this game added. And this is the reason why Burnout 3 Takedown is the one that's remembered, not Burnout 2, not Burnout 1. Not even the games following Burnout 3 Takedown, although you could argue that Paradise has also remained strongly in people's minds. Um, so just, just, a, just a bit of context for you. Um, so this, this game did incredibly well at the time. Obviously, it's on our list, so it shows that it did incredibly well. But um, a couple of things I didn't realise was that it was the winner of three British Academy Game Awards, which is basically the gaming equivalent of a BAFTA. So even at the time, 
it was doing things that were quite big, quite revolutionary, quite special. Yeah. And several gaming publications have gone back and named it the greatest arcade racer of all time. And there is a distinction. It's not. It's not a realistic racer. It's an arcade racer. No, it's, it's not a like your forces or your. No, Forts is a bit different. <laughs> Forts is a bit in between. It's kind of like in between something like Burnout and something like Gran Turismo. Yeah, but Gran really Turismo like is like the. Yeah, I, I like I like Forza, and and Gran Turismo is is like the uh, extreme kind of realistic races racing game, and yeah. I quite like those I'd as say- well. Um, Gran Turismo and then the F1 games that came out a few years ago that I think they still come out every year now because I remember yeah, thinking oh that looks really fun and then I played it and it was the most boring thing oh I don't like the F1 games I find them really tedious because not, not only are they very realistic but you've got like 61 laps yeah who wants to do 61 laps or whatever it is it's yeah. madness oh, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> um so let, let's go into some of the modes that we've got. We've got your standard race, which can be against, it's usually six participants in a race. Yeah. But there's also a variant of that, which is your face-off, where you go one-on-one with another another car. And if you beat that car, you win that car. You've got Road Rage, which is my personal favourite, which is using this innovative takedown system. All you need to do is rack up as many takedowns as you can in a race. To get the gold. If you beat certain... Yeah, you beat certain amounts. You, you it's, the game's got a medal system, so you've got bronze, silver, gold, and if you get a certain amount, you get the gold medal. Yeah. Crash mode, which you mentioned. Now, crash mode is is quite interesting. So it's a cool concept. Yeah. So, so uh, do you want to describe what um, how uh, how crash mode works? Yeah. So, so crash mode is, um, say for example, you're driving towards a um, a huge junction. And the aim of crash mode is to perhaps go over like a little jump or pick up some um, some point enhancers on the way, but to get into that junction, crash and cause as much damage um, financially as possible. So if you're going to just crash into one car, it won't be as much damage as it would be if you crash into a car that then smashes into another car that then smashes into an oil tanker, which blows up. Um, yeah. And the more money you get, the higher the reward will be. And you need to get to, say, $300,000 worth of damage to get a gold medal. Um, and you've also got something in there as well where once you've kind of stopped moving and your car's dead, you have the option to press, um, I think it was one of the trigger buttons, to then have your car just explode, which would then maybe cause another chain of damage to start upping your score even more. It's a cool concept. Um, I just didn't enjoy it because of how how long it took to load after every crash, and I had to listen yeah. to that narrator talk to me about it every time, and his voice did DJ my head Striker. In. Yeah, he, he's in quite a few of um, the EA sports games. Yeah, he? he's he's got quite a memorable voice for anyone with nostalgia for that kind of period. Um, yeah, I, I I really liked the the crash mode more because it was kind of the developers showing off their physics. And their particle system. That's the thing. And you get these. Like, I mean, it... I, I, I was going to say with with physics. Um, I I love physics based games, and I love physics based um, you know, concepts in games. Like I think they're so much fun, and I could spend hours just messing with them. And you and me discussed the other day the PS2 game Minority Report. 
And yeah. one of the things that I used to love about that game is just ragdolling on people. And another one of my favourite games that came out a few years ago for the PS4, and I think it came out on the Xbox One as well, is Gang Beasts, which is basically little jelly fighters fighting with physics. And the thing is, I love those games, but the thing that I don't enjoy about them is when you have to wait to just do something immediately again. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that was the thing that ruined it for me is because that the crash mode is right up my street. I love that kind of stuff. But because there were so many waits and I had to then back out to then go back in, it kind of ruined it for me, which is a shame because like on paper, that's the thing that I love. I, I really enjoy that stuff, you know? Yeah, and and I I completely understand that it doesn't quite work as well as it should if you're having to wait between yeah. runs, which you shouldn't really have to do. But it was just um, the technical issues yeah, at the it's time. Part of time, isn't it? Yeah, and and I, and I think this this mode is really novel and it's a lot of fun because they just set you up in some really far out situations and you've got to rack up your points. Mm. And there's also points multipliers that you can hit and the further into the game you get, the more complicated it gets. So it becomes a kind of puzzle. Yeah. How am I going to hit that four times multiplier, which is really far away, but I've got loads of cars between me and that that multiplier. And if you're watching the video version, you're going to see me doing some 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 crash events um, for that. So it's a lot of fun to do, and it's a novel idea. It kind of reminds me of. Do you remember the Saints Row games? I think it was it was more it was more prominent in the in the early ones where you had the insurance fraud side stuff. No, where you I basically so. I've only ever played the third one with you. It's basically you throw yourself in front of cars, oh, but well, you've got yeah, like... I've, I've seen clips of that, actually. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's got like the money a... over your head, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, but you've got you've got physics involved there as well. So basically, you, you're trying to rack up as much insur- insurance damage costs yeah. as you can. Um, and I always really like that as well. That I thought that was quite me. a cool thing. Uh, did you used to play the skate games? Yeah, I played them a bit. Yeah, so on skate there was something called the Hall of Meat. And you could just do these ridiculous tricks. And I remember, I think it was in Skate 2, there was this huge hill that you could go to the top of. And basically, me and my mates just used to spend hours just throwing ourselves off this cliff to try and break as many bones in the skater's body to get <laughs> the highest score. And it's stupid because you're not really achieving anything in the game by doing it. You're not progressing. But it's just so much fun, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of mindless entertainment. Yeah. But sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And I'd do a lot of the crash events when I didn't have the energy to do the races. And our takedown events were always fun for me. But sometimes the races can be, you need to be a bit more focused to do them. Yeah. Uh, and it requires a bit more kind of twitch reaction to do it. Um, yeah, so I, I really like the crash mode. The only issue I had with the crash mode, now, especially later on in the levels where you're trying to get your high scores, um, is that the... The, uh, the after thing that you mentioned, the, the explosion that you can create afterwards. Uh, now, what they sometimes do, the camera, you can't control that at all. So it'll often focus on um, damage that you're doing, but it may be far away from the wreck of your car. Yes. So then you activate this um, this after explosion. A long time. But you can't really see what you, where you're guiding your car. So you, so you might be using that to try and get the four times multiplier, but the camera is in the wrong place. So you can't do anything about that. So you just hoping that you're going to hit it more often than not you don't hit it so i would have liked there to be a bit more camera control in that or just a better camera 
that allowed you to see what you were doing. Yeah. That was my only real criticism of the crash mode. Um, then you got the burning lap, which I think are some of the most tough, um, tough challenges in the game. Basically, you um, you're given time limits. To get a bronze medal, you've got to beat a certain time. To get a silver medal, you've got to beat a certain time. To get a gold medal, you've got to beat a certain time. Now, the gold medal targets are quite tight. And there's a couple where you're in an F1 car. And literally, you have to drive straight onto the opposite side of the road as soon as you start. And you've got to start boosting. And you can't stop boosting for the whole lap. And even then, you might beat it by a couple of seconds. Now, I did all the ones that I tried, but it did take me a few attempts to do them. Um, so that's, if you really want to challenge yourself with the game's mechanics, this is where to go, burning laps. Um, and that's, that's really about it. You've got eliminators as well. So uh, you've got, say, six laps and there are six races and every lap someone gets eliminated who's in last place. Quite straightforward. Yeah. But they're your modes, really. That's what you say. It's, it's standard arcade racer, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, it is. Very much so. I I don't have that much experience with arcade races, just maybe ones that I played on the PS1 when I was younger. Um, Like, uh, I think, was was Ridge Racer on the PS1? Was Namco Ridge Racer was, yeah, I'm sure it was on the PS1 in some form. I remember that one, and I also remember, um, I think it was arcade, was it Porsche Challenge? Or Porsche Challenge, however you pronounce it. (laughs) Don't know, don't know that one. Um, but those are the only ones I ever really played, other than um, maybe Destruction Derby. Well, the, the the game that you saw me play at uni, um, Beatles Adventure Racing, that is an arcade racer. Oh, uh, that was on the N64, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, and that, that's a good example of an arcade racer. It's just something with entertaining levels where it's, it's, it's the thrill of the race plus the imaginative levels make the game and, and it's that simple. They are very simple games. They're but fun. They're, like it's I not say, quite Mario Kart, but it, it is a good laugh. Yeah, it's it's those games that you might play in between your big games, and that's where I'd recommend this one. Um, so, soundtrack, what did you think of the soundtrack for this one? There was some really good music in this game, to be fair. Um, and it, it's the classic thing with, um, with extreme sports games, isn't it? You can say the same about the Tony Hawk series. The, the music in them is always solid. You had bands like um, like Yellow Card. Um, would, yeah. There was a Franz Ferdinand song, uh, My Chemical yeah. Romance. You know, yeah. it, it's a real... For people around our age, it's a real kind of nostalgia trip. To It depends what kind of music you listen to in school, I suppose. But all of that kind of pop punk, um, yeah. you know, emo music, I suppose you'd call it. Punk rock. Yeah, it, it, it's the music that I listen to in school, like American punk. Um, yeah, like like the American Pie soundtrack, yeah. basically. Yeah, basically stuff like Blink-182, Green Day, um, MCR, Yellow Card, Jimmy Eat World, all that kind of stuff. So that was probably the most standout thing about the game for me, is the soundtrack, because all of the music in there was, even though the rest of the game wasn't a nostalgia trip for me because I'd never played it before, the music definitely was, because it was all music that I yeah. used to listen to when I was a teenager and still do. Yeah, I would describe the music as good. It's not it's not Tony Hawk's Pro Skater no. 3 good, but it is good in its own right. And yeah, there is, there's definitely nostalgia there. There's some real bangers uh, in it. Yeah, this is like the Avril Lavigne quote-unquote rock period that this game <laughs> kind of touches on. It's and there's a lot of stuff in it? there from that. Yeah, and it's enjoyable. There's 40 tracks in there as well, so there's quite a lot of stuff in there. Um, 
Now, my one big criticism of the game, you've got three general locations. You've got America, you've got Europe, Asia. and you've got the Far East, as they call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's basically Asia. My my problem, my only problem, really, with the game is that I'd like liked a bit more variety because if you're doing the world tour mode which is your basically your big single player yeah, mode career is now i suppose you spend so much time in america to begin with and those tracks get really repetitive then you start to unlock the european tracks and the far eastern tracks but then you're still unlocking more american tracks and i think this game really suffers from not having enough tracks yeah I or agree. enough themes and uh, like, you, all the american ones are so samey yeah, exactly. They really are. They really are so samey. And you've seen a couple of them. You've seen all of them. Yeah. Um, the, luckily, the European and the Far Eastern ones are a bit more varied. You've got tropical islands. You've got um, tracks set in Germany, tracks set in Italy. Vineyard. Um, yeah. So it's just an area that I think they could have put more time, thought into. I think they did do for the, the sequels to this because there was burnout for revenge after this and i think that had bigger variety of tracks mm. that's my only real major criticism towards this game is the but, but i suppose it could be considered quite a big one yeah well yeah like re- realistically pe- people play arcade games and arcade races or whatever for the racing and the fact that it's, it's easy to jump in and out of but if you're just doing the same environments over and over again it gets dull. It's the same. You, yeah. You, you, it's the same as if you were to say, um, you draw a comparison to again going back to Metal Gear Solid, backtracking, and going through environments yeah. you've already been. No one enjoys those sections because no, they're annoying, and there's no, there's nothing new, and you just want to progress. You know what I mean? And I think Burnout kind of falls into that trap because, like we said, a, a lot of the a lot of the tracks are just samey and it's it's one of the things that because I, I don't think you and me really play many racing games do we like it's not no nah, not not a huge amount not I'm not, kind of thing um, i mean I've, nah. I've played i've played a few in the past but they're always you know v rally or destruction derby and up until when i got my xbox one x i hadn't played any for years and then i got forza horizon 4 and that's good because you're basically it's it's a have you have you played uh, Horizon Four? I don't know if I've played four. I might have played three. So Forza Horizon Four is based in the UK. Is this the UK one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got places. There's um, there's a environment in there from not too far away from me called Broadway, which is in the Cotswolds, and then you can drive up to Edinburgh, uh, drive through Scotland, drive up the motorway. You know, it's stuff like that, and it's so different and. I just really enjoy stuff like that. But when you're just going around a track, I think I find it a bit dull. Yeah, which is fair enough. And and one of the... What, what they did with Paradise, which was two games after this one, yeah. was they, they kind of opened up the map. But I actually feel like they they kind of took away from this formula with that. Um, I, I feel like it felt a bit looser and the takedowns weren't as sharp in that game. Right. So there is a way to do it, but a lot of people love that game. So yeah, I've, I've heard my I've, opinions, everything I've ever heard about burnout is usually about burnout paradise or burnout takedown. Yeah. And this is the one that made it into the list. I mean, paradise didn't make it into the list probably because although it was, um, quotes unquote open world, it didn't, it didn't re 
reinvent the wheel, I suppose. Yeah. Um, as a game that I think you'd like, which is um, it's the crew, which is the one where you yeah you've got you go a mini- America, don't you? Yeah, the miniaturized version of America. But it's really quite impressive that what they've done with it, and it is miniaturized, of course, because it would be unreasonable to expect them to recreate America. But what is in there is surprisingly accurate. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about that game. I played the first one, not the second one. That's, that's that'd be, you probably get it pretty cheap. Mm. But that's a good arcade racer with great settings. Has it got licensed cars? Yeah, that one's got licensed cars, I'd, yeah. I'd probably be into it then, because I'm, I'm quite into... Well, not massively into cars, but I, I like going from different models and stuff in video games. And I mean, just look at my garage that I've got on Forza Horizon 4. I've got about seven BMWs and stuff like that, you know. So I've got my favourites. Well, that gets gets me on to the final point with uh, Burnout 3, which is that the cars are unlicensed, yeah. which I suppose is a bit of a shame. Um, I mean, yeah, it's always nice to see licensed cars. They're modelled off, but they like different manufacturers. Yeah, they are. They're modelled off real stuff, world, but it's not. Yeah, it's not the cars, is it? Yeah, and and I, and I suppose one of the other limitations of the game is that you've got events, but some of them require you to use certain cars. So I was unlocking some really cool cars, but. I never got to use them anywhere. Yeah. Unless I was playing in like the uh, multiplayer mode or, and and this is another thing that we probably don't do justice is that um, there are a ton of multiplayer modes in this. There was an online multiplayer as well. And same with some of the other games that we've covered. We don't really get a chance to put that to the test because a lot of it was local multiplayer. I'm, I'm sure the servers have been taken offline for the online stuff anyway. Um, so we can't really put it through its paces, mm. but it may have been a big reason why a lot of people came back to this one. I was um, I, I was thinking about this the other day because we've made no secret in previous episodes that we, you and me aren't really into online multiplayer games, are we? Um, not really. Like I, I mostly suck at them, um, and because I suck at them, I don't enjoy them because I'm just always losing, and that's no fun. Um, but I was thinking um, the other day, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to when we get to the more modern games that still have online servers, maybe games like Modern Warfare 2, uh, the COD games, even though we're not really I love into those. that. Well, in terms of the multiplayer. You are sorry? They're, they're the ones I actually do. They're the ones I actually have played a lot of in the past. Yeah, I, I, um, I have too, especially Modern Warfare 2. I'm looking forward to reviewing those games, primarily for the story, but I think it would be quite fun if we play them on the same platforms to um to jump online and see how we get on oh yeah definitely like, probably bad yeah why not but <laughs> you know i don't know probably... when i used to, when i used to play i used to do pretty well but um obviously you might have changed since then yeah that was back when it was released i might not be as good now as i was then get, get a tactical new sometimes that happens in modern well. warfare too yeah <laughs> um last last game i really got into online wise was splatoon 2 on the switch oh yeah i remember that's great fun i remember watching you play that um i think you bought your switch to mine or was when i popped over to yours the last yeah, time yeah that's it yeah so that, that's the last one that i really got into in terms of online play um right well i think that that really sums up burnout we knew this was going to be a bit of a shorter episode but um it was it was a fun one to visit for me so um guess it's just wrapping it up which is uh, so this game was, as I said before, number 70 on the list with a score of 94 and was released in 2004 for the PS2 and Xbox. So does this game deserve its place on the list? Um, what are your final thoughts? 
it's a difficult one for me because I was thinking about this. I was like, well, there are more deserving racing games to be on this list. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, Gran Turismo deserves to be, but Gran Turismo is on the list and it's high on the list. Um, so I suppose for me, and you, you always bring up when we discuss this section, would it be on your top 100 list? Yeah, and fair enough. It would be nowhere near my top 100 list. Like I, I didn't really vibe with this game, but I can understand if I put my head back 15, 16 years and I was into these kind of games, why it would be considered to be so. So I guess, yes, it should be on the list because a lot of people have a lot of good feelings about this game. But for me personally, if I was writing the ultimate top 100 list of video games and that was the only top 100 list of video games that would ever exist, this wouldn't even get a, get a sniff on, you know? Like it, I imagine it's fun for what it is, but it just wasn't for me. I suppose it's... Um... It's, I think the difference is between when I say about my personal list and I say about the best list. When I, it's basically the best versus my favourite. Yeah. And they're two very, very different things. Definitely. If I'm thinking about critically the best, if I'm thinking about the things that have, for whatever reason, um, captured my imagination, that's a very different list. And there are some, some games that probably would be considered not very good that make my favourites list mm. oh, yes, would be definitely. nowhere near the best. We'll, we'll see some of those when we um, come to our games at the end of... Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. The people just be um, like, so, so with this game, I, I I agree with you. I mean, Gran Turismo is there, and um, that is the, the representing the realistic side of racing. Yeah. You've got Burnout, which represents the arcade. I think it's the highest-rated arcade racer on the list. And if you ask racing purists... They are two very different genres. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I think th- I think as as a representative of the arcade racers, I think it's a really good one. I don't think you get many better arcade racers than that. I think my my um, criticism of the location still stands, though. Yes. Um, but it's we've we talked about this list before. There aren't that many different genres represented on here. No. There aren't that many racing games on here full stop so it is nice to cover one which is a bit different and it this is i mean we talked about how we were going to cover the ssx games and you said about doing them in one video but i said i'd rather keep them separate Mm. because i do think we find things to talk about with them and it's just nice to give them time to breathe i suppose i get i get some kind of kick out of playing these what i would describe as extreme races or extreme sports games um i don't know what that is it must be complete nostalgia i don't know but definitely enjoy playing them yeah well we 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 discussed it a bit um a week or two ago didn't we that i think you find it quite easy to jump in and out of games like this where you don't have to think too much you can just be like i'm just gonna just gonna play it whereas you you also have the side that i have as well but i'm i'm always more like i I just love a story game and I'd, i'd never really seen the point in jumping in and out of games like this one because it's not achieving anything for me, but I think that it's it's just personal preference, isn't it? And I think the the thing that I get out of this this game is fun. We're playing it for the <laughs> podcast. That's my achievement. Yes, there as in playing it as much as I can. And I and I haven't completed this. I got 102 golds out of 179. I'll get a few more when I record the footage for the video. But I don't think I'm going to go and get them all just because you don't need. I to. don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to hold my attention that long. Um, 
in some ways I'm a very very patient gamer I'm much more inclined I think than than you and you would agree with this to play big epic sprawling RPGs than you are oh yeah I can uh, generally speaking yeah so I think um my my gaming tastes kind of run the gamut from these arcade things to something that's really big and epic but generally speaking it's more on the side of the the bigger story or epic based games but every now and again i like a game like this it's just fun yeah no i get what you mean it makes sense but yeah i suppose that uh that covers burnout then doesn't it yeah yep yeah, that's it okay. um you can of course find us where can you find us? Uh, you can find us in all of the places. Uh, you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. You can tweet us at the long short of on Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we're just the long and short of it. Um, if you search for us on Facebook, you'll find us. Um, and that's where Good all stuff. of the links will be for everything else as well. Uh, as well as that, if you know us, you can just. You know, drop us a message and uh, let us know or drop us a comment in the YouTube videos uh, on Dan's channel. And would you like to... Oh, yes. Carry on. (laughs) That's all I had, really. Um, Right, okay. Drop us a comment on... Yeah, so all I was going to say is... All I was going to say is, would you like to reveal to us what the next game on the list is going to be, which is your pick. Yeah, uh, next game on the list, we, we're going with another shortish one. Uh, we're just going with the original Portal. So we're not quite at Portal 2 yet, which I'm really looking forward to, but we're going to cover the first Portal game, which is a nice little short one. So hopefully it's, uh, it won't take us too long to finish unless we get completely stumped on the puzzles in there. Um, but yeah, I'm Good looking stuff. forward to that one. Good. Okay, so we will see you on the next video. We're trying to get better at this wrapping up quickly stuff. So <laughs> that's why it's a bit quicker this time. Yes. Um, see you on the next one. Yeah. Have a awesome. good one. Take care. Bye.